Hello there everybody, Sean Sheehan back here with another episode of The Sheehan Show and today it's a little bit different, it's the first one where I talk about a topic, I'm going to take a topic every so often, uh, you know you've seen my interviews, you've seen the betting show, you've seen uh, my previews and everything like that but I want to talk about uh, certain parts of the sport, certain aspects of the sport as well, I'm sure we'll be talking about judging, I've talked a lot about that in, uh, in my career and I've been made to date uh, and you know once something big happens, once I get the opportunity to talk about that, I will be talking about that and lots of other things as well but today i'm talking uh, i'm here to talk about the pfl uh, i'm actually only a few minutes out here from the pfl finale card ending and i'm not going to review that card itself I, I'm, I might give you the results and stuff here in a second but i want to talk about the pfl in general um their production the format and everything like that and i think it's it's very much what the pfl have at the moment is trying to get um you know, an, an American sporting product, and obviously me as someone who's uh, who's Irish and not American, I can maybe look at it from the outside perspective uh, and maybe give a little bit of a different perspective than what maybe a lot of people listening to this over in America might have uh, and make another few points about it as well. The first point I want to make about it, right, so I have a few positives and I have a few negatives, but I have to hit on a positive point first because watching that tonight... It just was so joyous to see people happy with the amount of money they were making. You know, we watch the UFC every week and other organizations and they're like, you know, the 50 G's Dana has almost become a meme now at the moment uh, with people like looking for looking for extra money and looking for bonuses just, you know, and almost begging for and crying when they get it. It's 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 a huge thing in the moment, the way fighters are, are paid and not paid enough. And now, that's, I'm sure that's still an issue in, in the PFL for the people who don't win. But for the people who do win, it's actually it's purely life-changing. It's huge, a million dollars. And I know there's tax and everything, and they're not probably taking home a million or anywhere close to it. But it's an awful lot of money for an MMA fighter to earn in 2021 still. And now it probably shouldn't be. You know, we're, uh, we're, we're in a world where players in different sports and uh, Formula One drivers and soccer players and NFL players are getting gargantuan amounts of money and MMA fighters aren't aren't there yet. You know, now some of them, Conor McGregor's made a lot of money, John Jones, and even they probably haven't made enough money. But from the, the mid-level down from, even from the near the top level down, if you're not one of the top, top draws, you're not making a life-changing amount of money in a single night or over a couple of years, like said, the likes of Ray Cooper did tonight, and I feel like that. And I know people will probably listen to this and say, "Well, they're not all making it." You know what about Megamid Karimov tonight? Okay, he won one before, but what about like Ante Deja tonight, who didn't win it? And that's absolutely true. But they have the opportunity to do it. Like I, I made a, I, I made the comparison, or I made the kind of the point over on Twitter that someone like uh, a Dominic Reyes who obviously has gotten a UFC title shot. And how much did he get for that? Maybe 300 grand, maybe 500 grand, you know. How much did he get for his fights after that? Maybe he got 100 grand to headline a card, maybe 200 grand. But, like, if he's not, and he's, what, I think he's lost a couple of fights now in a row, he's probably back to earning, you know, his 50 grand or his 80 grand maybe or whatever, maybe 50 and 50, you know. And for someone like that, it would be a, an opportunity where you could win your fights, get paid for your fights, probably not a huge amount, probably not a big amount, and then win the million at the end of it. And that's at a high level of what would be going to this. 
Look at look at Shoeface, Antonio Carlos Jr., a guy who was, you know, a good UFC fighter, but never one that was was he maybe he was maybe he was top fifteen, was he? Maybe, maybe borderline, but was winning a few fights, losing a few fights in the UFC, and then goes to the PFL and gets this championship and gets a life changing amount of money, a million dollars, and I just think I know it's it's a weird thing to say because it probably shouldn't be a positive because everyone should be able to get this amount of money. Or not everyone, but you know what I mean. Like more people than do that than get a million dollars should be getting it. You know, the the likes of a Dominic Reyes who maybe headlined a few cards should be getting a million every time or two million. We know we've talked about it and it's not, you know, lots of people have talked about it. I saw a show went up uh, the other day on Sherdog talking about uh, paying John Nash over in Bloody Elbow has done good stuff and loads of people have done great stuff talking about it. And I know it should be, but it's not, right? We're not at the, uh, we're not at the point in MMA where fighters are getting paid the amount of money they should. So to see someone getting that amount of money, it's just joyous. It's brilliant. It's it's one of the most positive things you see in MMA. All the fighters tonight, they're crying when they won the money. And it's not crying looking for money. You know, it's not crying, you got 50 grand, which is great. You know, I wouldn't turn my nose up at 50 grand now, but to get a million, that is different. And that is huge. And it's it's just brilliant. And I'm glad they're doing it. Look, where's the money coming from? And what's, how are they going to keep going sustainable? I know. And, you know, where's the money coming from? There's lots of investors and lots of different things. You know, I'm not saying anything bad about that, but... Is it sustainable? Like, there's very few people. Is there anyone at those cards? Or very few anyway. Since the since the uh, the pandemic came in, um, they're I think they're finished now with ESPN, so they're looking for a new home. All um, you know, the the wrestling and the the MMA organizations these days are earning lots of their money. Um, true, as I forgot to turn on my light. Hold on, I'll turn it on here now. You'll be able to see me better. Uh, true TV deals. So without a TV deal you know, it's going to be an issue. So they'll need a TV deal to come into next year to keep this and make it uh, sustainable. So um, that to me is, okay, as we look forward, and we look forward more again in a second with another topic. But for me, that's, I have to start with off with that, with the positive point. The next point I want to make is both a positive and a negative point. And if you're looking at the PFL as a whole, I think meritocracy is one of those kind of the words that is always used for it. Because, if look at Ray Cooper, like Ray Cooper, if he was someone like that was in the UFC, and I know Ariel was giving out to me, he said, Oh, you want him to go to the UFC and get 80 grand when he just got a million? I absolutely don't want that. Um, but you look at someone like Ray Cooper, right? And say someone like a Leon Edwards in, in the UFC who has won his way to where he should get an opportunity but isn't getting it in PFL, he he gets it. If he wins his way there, he gets it. He won his way to the final, he won the final, he gets the million. That's it. You don't have to politic. You don't have to beat number, you know, seven and not number eight. You don't have to beat, uh, you know, Masvidal to get there. You don't have to beat Diaz. It's not that. It's it's not on the whim of Dana White and Sean Shelby and Mick Maynard how they feel how they're feeling on the Tuesday morning. It's on facts based on, you know, their point system and all of this. And you get to the final and you get there. You win your way there. It's merit based, which is great, right? That's fantastic. The bad part about that for me is that you can pick and choose, you know? The bad part is tonight we were watching uh, that card and you know what? There was no Brendan Lachnan on it. There was no Anthony Pettis on it. There was no Fabrizio Verdum on it. There was no Clay Collard on it. There was no Rory McDonald on it. Five of their biggest names, Tom Lawler as well. Uh, people who 
would draw fans. Not all of them. Now, I'm sure Anthony Pettis would, and I'm sure Rory MacDonald would. Imagine if they were both in the finals tonight. They would have done way more numbers. And as I was talking about earlier on, you the ratings go up, the money you get for those ratings will go up. That is a big issue with it. That is the negative part of meritocracy, that you can't pick and choose your stars to be there. Now, for me, and I've spoken about this before on, on over on the Severe Man podcast and other places as well, I think they do need to do a better job of maybe adjusting that, maybe doing, like Brendan Lachnan made way today to be a backup for the main event. Maybe they need to have two backups and get Brendan Lachnan a fight, you know? And I think Clay Collard as well, I might be mistaken, but I think Clay Collard made way for the lightweight uh, fight. Um, uh, maybe they should have got Pettis and did that rematch or what, whoever it might be and got Rory McDonald. And now, it's not always easy and some people got knocked out and some people don't want to fight and some people want to wait for the next season, but some people do want to fight as well and want to earn more money. Um, and I think that could benefit everyone. So that I think that is a big issue with it. It's just... The in a like if the UFC have a card where they want to make it a huge card and they're struggling from name for name value, they can pick and choose who they want to put on it. Let's be honest here, they can. They, if they don't like, you know, the number one contender who deserves it, if they're too boring in accordance with the UFC or whatever it might be, or with how the UFC think. They will bypass him and they'll put someone else in. You know, they will put Zhang Weili back into the title shot. But maybe she, uh, people think she should have to have a few fights before she she gets it. Or maybe Carla Sparza deserves it first. If Carla Sparza was in PFL, Carla Sparza would be fighting for the title. You know, so that's the difference. Now you can look at that negatively or positively. Which would you rather see, Weili Zhang or Zhang Weili? Sorry, against Rosalind Yunus or Rosalind Yunus against uh, Carla Sparza? Probably, I'd probably rather see um, Shag Whaley against Rosa Munis, to be honest. Now, I, I would still argue that Asparza deserves it. Um, and I would go against my own feelings and my own, you know, my own, what, I, what I want myself as a, as a fan. But that is not a thing that is necessary, uh, necessary in the UFC. And it is a thing that happens in the PFL. So, you know, that that is a, a big part of it as well. And uh, another thing as well is that the, the, I think the PFL have ran their um, their tournaments very well this year, but the problem is that all the names I named, the five names I named out there, none of them won. And if you look at what makes a tournament great, you only look, you only have to look as far as Bellator and AJ McKee winning that, getting to the final through like uh, middle of the pandemic. It felt like it was that for about three years, but he got to the final and. Do you know who he beat? He beat Patricio Pitbull. He beat the champion. He beat the guy who was champion all the way through it. That's what made it special. And the PFL, look, they didn't really have that. They didn't have the, the next person coming through. Let's say they had someone who's coming through and who's going to beat Kayla Harrison. And uh, she came the whole way through and then she beat Kayla Harrison in the end. That'd make it special. Or someone who was coming through all the way and beat, you know, Ray who, who, let's say if it was Rory McDonald. He came through and he beat... Uh, Ray Cooper and now you have Rory McDonald who is a long time you know top 15 pound for pound fighter in the world and he comes through and he beats your guy and now he is your guy he's the PFL champion and he is the guy you're going to push they didn't really have that this year and that is a big problem they didn't have that special fighter who came in and uh, you know and, and did those sort of things for them and I think that is that is a problem with um that is a problem with the tournament style and the problem with the meritocracy as well. No, another couple of points. The 
the production. So actually, before I get to production, one point I must hit on, and I won't hit on it too much, but it's it's the judging, right? Dur- during the last few cards, I think, you know, Bellator had a lot of the cards. I'm going to a Bellator card next week, right? And the people who are fighting on the Bellator card, and I think a lot of the officials and stuff, have to get there a couple of days early, stay there, maybe quarantine. Uh, and I think quarantine is even more in America, or was a couple of uh, a couple of months ago as well anyway. And they're, they're out of commission. So we're talking about judges, referees, and everything like that. Um, and there's lots of UFC cards, lots of Bellator cards. And there's a big issue with PFL when they stay in the same place all the time and there are uh, other uh, uh, some of the officials are not available they have to go with the locals like tonight uh, we saw none of the officials that we might know you know the Sal Diamatos or the Chris Lees or the Bin Cartledge or whoever it might be none of them were on the card tonight now it was okay the, the one Clarissa Shields was a little bit odd the, the split decision but the right person won it there wasn't really any bad decisions now um, but you need the best judges in the world on these cards to get all the right decisions. And throughout the whole PFL season, they haven't had that. They've had some of them. I think Brian Miner has done a few cards, and I think some of the previous names I mentioned there have done some of the cards as well. Um, but I think the PFL and the commission have to get together, and it's the, the commission will pick their own people. But the PFL, like the UFC, do, can suggest certain people or pay to bring in or fly in the big judges, the best judges, so you have the best results. And I think especially on championship night, when you have six title fights, you need that. Right, so i leave that at that for a second. Now, the next point I want to make is about those six title fights. I think it's too much. I think it's too much for one night. We'll get to the basic stuff in a second. But I I tweeted, and funny, uh, we're on Sherdog.com here, Greg Savage replied to me with a, a kind of a smiley, winky face. So maybe I'm uh, maybe I hit on something. But I think the PFL need a championship weekend. I think they need to do Friday, Saturday, or maybe look Thursday, Friday, whatever you want to do. They like to do the midweek cards as well, and I'd have no problem with that. And do, and you would also sort the problem I talked about earlier. So let's say tonight you had uh, Harrison Cooper and Capiloza put them on the say the Saturday night, and then on the Friday night you have the the Manfeo, Carlos Jr. and Kabulov fights. Or, you know, if, let's say, Rory McDonald was in there in, in a final or something, you put him as a headliner and Harrison the other headliner, whatever it might be, you pick the, do the cards the right way. So you have three title fights on one card, three title fights on the next card, and then you can put Brendan Lochnan on the undercard, you can put Rory McDonald on the undercard, you can put Anthony Pettis on the undercard, you can put Clay Collard on the undercard, Tom Lawler, whoever you want. All of your fighters, all of your best fighters, you can have all of them fighting on one weekend in two cards over two nights. Imagine, it'd be a festival of PFL, it'd be absolutely brilliant, and you wouldn't have these long cards that are never-ending, and you could mix your stars with your meritocracy and with your title fights and with your best fights. I really think that's the thing they need to adjust, they need to change, and they need to do for next year. Six title fights, it could be 30 rounds, and then the four other fights as well that's another what four threes 12 what is that 42 rounds that is too much that is too much for one night of MMA the big issue as well with this was their pacing it was absolutely insane I started to hear half nine over in Ireland what time is it now 5.20 in the morning I'm sitting here recording this it ended about what how long have I been recording this 15 minutes it ended about 5 o'clock in the morning 
that and now that isn't late for a normal card but when you've started half nine at night your card shouldn't be going that long you shouldn't have rappers out there and waiting 45 minutes for them to come on it's absolutely crazy the pacing was absolutely insane just absolutely insane way 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 too slow you need them like nobody likes this right i can understand if your main card is starting say at 10 8 or 10 p.m eastern time and the last five finishes at 25 to look we all understand that you have to kill 25 minutes you have to do something you have to talk about the fights you have to play a promo no problem at all right but i would rather have 30 minutes 35 minutes at the end and give me fight 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 and i know i can go away then and there's going to be no fight until uh, 10 a.m 10 p.m tell me there's going to be no fight until 10 p.m i can go and do something and i pop back in you know that that's what that's what all promotions need to do that's a uh, ufc have done that better i think recently cage warriors do it phenomenally well bellator used to be bad for it i think they're getting a little bit better but um I, I think that's something PFL badly needs. They're just too much. And especially on a night like tonight, with all of that, it's just too much. Right. Couple of the negative things that I don't like. First of all, the... Uh, uh, you know, the, f- first of all, the couple of production things. Ghost Cam, I don't mind it. You know, the one that kind of goes through the cage. <sighs> I think lots of cameras are kind of ghost cams either. I know my, my, uh, my brother Patrick does the, the photography here over a lot of them in Mavens in Ireland. He's always talking about his cameras going through the cage. People who know how to do that know how to do it, right? There's, there's certain people who are fantastic at that stuff and they know how to do it. So I don't mind it. I don't mind them making a thing out of that. I think they do a good job of trying to make things special with, you know, the, what do they call it, the smart cage and all of that. Look a lot of bs but fine they're trying to make it special they're trying to make it different no problem with that whatsoever what i absolutely detest with all of my being is the referee cam now i'll say uh, some people love the referee cam some people hate it i have no problem with them having the referee cam if you show me the referee cam afterwards right so the perfect example tonight there was the big knockout in the um in the ray cooper fight and there was actually one before, don't, no, sorry, it was the, the Jordan Young Akhmedov fight, right? So they caught it at comp, at the right time on the the referee cam. And on the camera they actually had, which is another issue, uh, which they had on the fight as the knockout happened, they completely missed it. Like the cameraman, it was like, it was like this. It was like, you know, it was like 90% canvas and 10% fighter and you could barely see the punch and you could barely see the the referee stopping it and that's not the 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 ref cam that is the the camera work itself and the the production team in the back I think they have and, and that's a very tough job so I'm not criticizing them too much but I think they need to get better at that I think they need to maybe need to bring in someone to consult on that and they really need to improve on the ref cam th- at that point right you make that error then you go to the ref cam afterwards for the replay and see if you have a better angle. If you do, play it, right? If you get a great angle of the finish, it's on the TV, live, no problem, play it. Then you say, oh, look, there's a good angle on the ref cam as well. Go to it. Play the ref cam. Let us see that. Let us see that replay. What we don't need is the referee, like... The problem with the referee cam is the referee gets close. He's looking at one area. He's right down near the fighters and... There's, there's a peripheral vision there in that camera where you could see 
this side of the fighters. You can't see the hands or the legs on the left hand side. You could see the top of the fighters. You might miss a tap. You might miss the referee going in to stop it more importantly. And just it's the referee falling on top of them. All you see is like fucking shorts in, in, in the referee's face. It is so bad. It is not something you need to use live. It, it wasn't really an issue on the in the finals. But throughout the PFL, I've watched all the cards now. Throughout this season of the PFL, many, many, many finishes have been ruined because of this referee cam. It is terrible. It it should stay, but only as a replay. That's what I think of it. Another couple of things. Um, <laughs> this this F F R P F P R whatever the whatever it is. Sean O'Connell loves it. They need to get rid of that. Because, and look, we'll talk again further about this in the future, maybe, and talk about judging. Um, there is a judging criteria there, which we score mixed martial arts with. The PFL have made up their own judging criteria. Someone has made up their own judging criteria, uh, which the PFL use as an indication of who wins the rounds. That criteria has nothing to do with the actual criteria that the judge is using. It is pointless, it is stupid, it's not just being different. It is not just being different. It's it's be, it's being incorrect. It's literally being incorrect. They need to get rid of it. It is so bad, right? Didn't verdict them. I uh, they had that the fan voting. Look, I don't mind the fan vote so much. Um, if they keep it to a minimum. If they keep it to a minimum. I'm not a fan of verdict MMA. Um this, you know, uh, the crowds will get the right thing is just incorrect. I would rather have one judge who knows the criteria perfectly than 10,000 who've never read it. I think that one person could make a lot better of a call on who went around than the 10,000 people who haven't a clue how fights are scored. So I don't like that at all. I really, really don't like it. Um, so yeah, that, that is my negative uh, sides of it. The one thing though I want, and I lended and I on this, I think the best part about the PFL is something which MMA is lacking more now than it ever has lacked, right? And that is jeopardy in fights. Before, in, in MMA, when we had, you know, the the 12 cards a year or whatever it might have been in the UFC, if you went in and you won your two or three fights, you knew you were there or thereabouts. You know, you were getting towards the title. You might Next year you might be fighting for a title or whatever. If you go into the UFC now and you win two or three fights, you're like, okay, right. I have my place in the UFC for another fight. And then maybe win two or three more. Right, I might get ranked now. And then, you know, if you get a 10-fight win streak, you might get a title shot. It's, in the PFL, there is jeopardy all the time. Even in the fights tonight, the undercard fights, there's jeopardy, the jeopardy of where you get in to next year's bracket to get to the tournament to win the million. Throughout the whole tournament, it is, can I win this fight to get to the next round, to get to the playoffs, to get to the final, to get to the million. That is brilliant. Like, even last week, we watched Marvin Vittori versus Paulo Costa. Two guys who were ranked in the, what, the top five in the UFC's uh, middleweight division. I know it took place a light heavyweight, but let, go with me for a minute. What was the jeopardy really in that fight? Like, was either guy going to fight Israel Adesanya next for the title? Was either fight, fighter going to have like a million dollars worth of a payday if they won that? Or even get towards us? Not really, you know? Not really. And a lot of the fights, the undercard fights, and and that may be a bad example because that's a higher up fight because maybe in two or three fights they could get towards the title. 
but what about the fights on the undercard? What about the, the likes of the Charles Rosses and the you know the, the other people fighting undercard who are good fighters? And I'm not saying anything bad about. No, look, my hair's gonna. I'm not saying anything bad about these fighters, but that lack of jeopardy in lots of not just the undercard fights, but the, the higher level, the, the the higher ranked fights or the higher uh, uh, you know the the, the higher uh, on the card that the fights are, they even don't have that much jeopardy. There's lots of lots of fights these days that are even main events, but co-main events, main card fights that won't lead to a, a contender or a championship ramification for years, years. In the PFL, and you could say the same for Bellator and other places, in the PFL, they do. Almost all of them have ramifications in terms of what's next. They all have jeopardy. They all will get you towards that title. And that's the thing... That uh, is helped by, the, obviously, the yearly titles. If the same person had the title all the time and, you know, they were only defended two or three times a year, that might be a little bit different. But the fact that, they, you know, Kayla Harrison won the championship now, but she's, you know, basically no longer the champion because there's going to be another tournament next year. Well, maybe, if she's still there. And I suppose that that's a point as well. And I I, will, I, I said I didn't do this, but what does Kayla Harrison do? What does Ray Cooper do? I think Ariel reported that Ray Cooper is out of the uh, out of contract. Kayla Harrison is out of contract, I think, as well. Um, like, and I'd love to see Ray Cooper versus Gilbert Burns, but as, uh, you know, we, we heard on Twitter, what you want, what you want him to go and fight for eighteen eighty when he could go and win another million, and that is an issue. Maybe like, if the likes of, maybe not Ray Cooper, maybe Ray Cooper going to Bellator would be a move, or maybe just staying in the PFL. But the likes of Kelly Harrison, like, I doubt the UFC are going to pay her a million straight away to come over. But what about if they did something for her where you're like, right, I'm going to give you one point five million over four fights <clears throat> you have to win this fight <clears throat> to get to the championship fight or you get pay-per-view points and you know you'll get a hundred grand for your first fight you'll get 200 and 200 for your second and then you'll get your 500 grand and your your pay-per-view points or you know however it adds up maybe that's the way to do it uh and make an agreement now are the UFC going to pay that by, by what Dana White said during the week absolutely not and the big question then in is what do you do? If you're Kayla Harrison, do you take that pay cut to prove you're the best in the world or do you keep earning that milli every year easily in the PFL? I know what I'd do. <laughs> I'd be earning that milli. And I think, look, I think she's ready. I think it's time. I would like to see her fight Amanda Nunes now or even maybe have one more fight. Maybe go to UFC, have a fight and do it then. Um, so she can either back herself and do that or she can stay in the PFL and take that million. I think it's a little bit of a different f- uh, thing for Ray Cooper because he's not guaranteed it. You know, Magomed, Magomed Karimov will be back again next year and he's already beaten him. You know, they're one-on-one on one now, so maybe that'd be brilliant if they both got to the final again next year. But then you're going to have Rory McDonald and you, uh, you might have Pettis up at that weight class next year and you have some tough fights there. So that's not easy by any means. Um, so there's a big decision to be made there, but... I think for guys like Cooper and for guys like, you know, Capilosa who might go to the UFC and fight at heavyweight, why would you? You're not going to get a million in the next year for out of the UFC. You might as well stay, try to get your million and do it that way. I think the PFL, I hope it keeps going. I hope it keeps going because of all the good parts. Now, there's some bad parts, but the good parts, making fighters rich, I love it. I absolutely love it. Right, everyone, that's it for me. Thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed uh, this and uh, let me know what you think. I'll see you all next time. Good luck.